Thank you, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and president of BBB Western Ontario. And Ask BBB is a great opportunity to provide information consumers can use from business leaders they can trust. And today on Ask BBB, well, it's Easter weekend, and traditionally that's a time when we celebrate, among other things, the coming of spring. So today, we're going to pave the way to a smoother summer. George Geeson from Porky's Barbecue Hearth and Spa will take us outdoors to a summer life of leisure with tips on choosing and maintaining a barbecue or hot tub. And we'll start outdoors with a newly paved driveway. Brad Brunskill of Pyramid Paving will help us avoid the pitfalls of hiring a paving contractor. And Ashley Castleman, BBB's communications manager, will continue with spring as we discuss digital spring cleaning. But right now, let's welcome our first guest on Ask BBB, Brad Brunskill of uh, Pyramid Paving. Uh, good morning. Paving. Pyramid Paving. <laughs> good morning, Brad. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Jim. Linda, thanks for having me. Brad, when we look at our driveways in the spring, how do we determine if we need to just have it freshened up with a spring surface coating or completely replace it? Well, it's always up to each individual how far they let their driveway go before they figure they need replacement. But a general uh, rule of thumb is cracking and sinking from tire ruts is a sign that its driveway is almost past its life. Uh, how uh, important is it to do that surface coating that people do? Is that just cosmetic or does it do anything for it? Exactly what it is. It's just a cosmetic thing. makes it look black again. It doesn't really make it last any longer. Hmm. You'll find an unsealed driveway will last longer than a sealed driveway because the sealer does not uh, wear off evenly. That's why in some driveways you see white strips where the cars have been driving in. So if they seal again to break it back, bring it back, the sealer begins to get too thick where you don't wear it off. And eventually it's the sealer that cracks and not the asphalt. Oh, so and, by not doing this over all my years, maybe why the driveway has lasted as long as it has. So what are some of the options we have then when it comes to renewing the driveway when we decide it is time? What are some of the options we have? Well, there's uh, the best one I would consider is asphalt, of course. That's my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, you have uh, other options of concrete and uh, paving stone. Uh, just do a little comparison on that. To... Well, I find the paving stone myself is the best overall with the least maintenance and the le- uh, least cost. Uh, with paving stones, they're generally two and a half times the asphalt, whereas concrete is double. Okay. So uh, the asphalt is probably the most reasonable in terms of price. Yes. So do we need a permit if we want to do a new driveway? Uh, we have never had to ha- issue a permit to do a driveway in years. But now if you want to widen it and make the curb opening, you have to get city permission to cut the curbs. And is that something we go and seek ourselves or should we expect the contractor to do that? Or Yeah, the homeowner has to do that themselves because the, the city city uh, staff will not deal with us on that matter. Okay. So they have to come out and look at your driveway and see how much, how much you're allowed to widen it. Okay. Well, besides price, <clears throat> what are some of the things, uh, considerations when we look at asphalt, concrete, brick for the driveway? Uh, are there environmental considerations? or uh, Everything we dig up is, is uh, recycled concrete and asphalt all back. So uh, there's not a whole lot of environmental issues right these days. Mm-hmm. 
So what are uh, some of the questions when we want to hire a, a contractor that we should be asking? Well, you should get a detailed quote on exactly what they're going to do, the amount of asphalt, the thickness of the gravel, which is the most important thing in the driveway. Uh, I guess you want to find out if the company's accredited by the BBB. Yes. The uh, Better Business Excuse me. The Better Business Bureau is the best one of the best ways for us to get rated on it. Uh, actually, for our listeners, one of the biggest areas the BBB gets complaints on of paving contractors is on sinking and cracking. Um, Brad Pyramid Paving has an A plus rating and no complaints in the last three years, as a um, which is our review period. Um, is this something because it's covered under warranty? Is this a customer service issue? Uh, what do you attribute that to? And what do we look for when we're talking to them about warranty work? Well, I always do the driveways better than I would do my own home because yeah. I find I can do my driveway anytime. But um, we've been fortunate because the secret to the best paving job is always in the in the base itself. And when you have a good base, everything goes smoothly. So is that one of the things we should look for? Would that be written into the contract? Yes. We have a minimum nine inches of gravel that we put down. Back in the old days, it used to be six, but it's been increased to nine inches, which is better for everybody. And and what's the procedure? How long will we be dis- disrupted with uh, a paving Well, it's generally, generally a two to three, three week uh, time because we come in one day and we dig it up, excavate it out, compact it, and put the gravel in. Then we let it set a week or two depending on the weather and our schedule and the condition of the driveway when we dug it up. Is that something every contractor would do or is that? I would highly recommend that to anybody because uh, it's easier to fix a gravel base than it is to repair a driveway. Mm-hmm. Are there some things um, that we might expect uh, that would happen with a contractor that we might not know about uh, when it comes to digging things up and making sure it's right? Well, everybody can make their driveway last past the warranty period. But if you don't actually – if you're unsure – you can always just take a shovel and dig down and see how much gravel is actually there. So that's one of the things to to look for yes, when, when the yes. contract goes. Should I get more than one quote? And if I get more than one quote for this, how do I compare them? What, what, what would I look for? Well, I generally like to see three quotes. That way you get a good comparison from happy, medium, and, and uh, so on. But uh, three quotes, they should all list the same materials and the same type of jobs, so – so like pretty standard. So what are the things, the elements we want to look for if we're doing a paving job? Then the, how much gravel they're going to use? Yes. And uh, and then what about the asphalt? The, how thick it's going to be? Did, did they stipulate that? Yeah. Oh, it should be stipulated. Generally, we lay asphalt two and a half inches thick and you get a quarter inch compaction per inch. So it works out to two inches compacted and that's pretty standard for driveways. If you get into parking lots and, and bigger jobs like that, that's when it gets – uh, two layers of asphalt. Anything above three inches has to put down in two layers. Brad, thank you very much for this information. I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there that will be looking for quotes, and, of course, you're available to do that. And uh, if they're looking for a paver, they want to check it out on uh, the BBB website. Brad Brunskill of Pyramid Paving, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. And get ready. We're going to fire up the barbecue when we return. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and president of BBB Western Ontario. And Ask BBB is 
program that lets us meet some of BBB's accredited businesses to provide trusted information you as a consumer can use. BBB accredited businesses support our vision of an ethical marketplace where buyers and sellers trust each other. And we welcome another of those trusted businesses this morning, Porky's Barbecue, Hearth and Spa, and the owner, President George Geeson. Welcome to Ask BBB, George. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Well, George, the cover's off the barbecue in a lot of homes. The temperature's above 10 degrees. It seems like we go outdoors to start cooking there. Uh, But if we've just opened up the barbecue for the first time, it's been sitting idle all winter, what are some of the things that we should consider and do? Well, some people just try to fire it up to begin with to see if if anything happens. But ideally, you'd want (laughs) to pull it apart, kind of get down to the bottom of the barbecue, clean out the the grease tray, uh, inspect the burners for for damage over the winter time. Uh, most barbecues nowadays have flavorizer bars, and that's just a, a term we generally use. But it's a it's a stainless steel plates that sit on top of the burners, mm-hmm. and they can kind of get encrusted as well. And if they're in tough shape, you might want to replace them as well. And then we work our way up to the cook rolls. And uh, basically, a good cleaning at the beginning of the year is generally what people should do, and it helps with the inspection process. Um, do we have to worry about maybe spiders having little animals or insects in there as well that uh, we want to make sure aren't there? Well, that's a good um, a good thing to look for. So when you have the barbecue apart and the burners are still in place, it's a good time to fire the barbecue because then you can see without everything being in your way, you can see how the flame looks. If the flame is coming out all the ports and it's nice and blue, then you know you haven't got a spider in there. Um, if... if um, if the fire's not coming out and it's coming out under the control panel, you've got yourself a problem and that's likely a spider. Okay. Now, that's if we've got the barbecue and it's been there, but uh, maybe we're going to have a new barbecue this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I suspect most of the barbecues are gas. What's the difference between propane and natural gas? Uh, uh, yeah, each have their own um, merits for sure. Uh, propane is very portable. So if you like to barbecue in different spots seasonally or if, you know, you're trying to raise money for the baseball team, you can bring it down to the park and help them cook down there. So you lose a little bit of mobility with natural gas. Uh, the other thing that um, comes up once in a while is if you forget your barbecue on, at least if you have a propane barbecue, you're going to burn through your $17 worth of propane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you leave your natural gas barbecue on, which I've been guilty of myself in the past, you could be, you know, paying for three or four days of of, uh, of fuel. So that's another thing to consider. So there's a wide range of barbecues or grills out there. Where do we start when we're making our selection? Is it budget, frequency of use, placement, and and what about an outdoor kitchen? Well, that's a it's a big question. Uh, the uh, one one of the things um, I've noticed in this industry is you kind of have your mainstay brands of barbecues, your Broil King Weber's. We have all kind of heard of those brands. And then you have um, other brands that get introduced. Maybe they were um, kitchen appliances and we just now we name it a barbecue. And it's just basically you have companies licensing other names and putting it on products. So we recognize the name. So we think, hey, that's a that's a good name. I used to have a fridge with that name. And the problem is this has nothing to do with that name. So we sell and we license names uh, at will nowadays, and it has nothing to do with what we think was quality in the day, uh, just rented names for that time period. And the factories that they come from can vary one year to the next. Literally, whoever uh, bids the lowest that year gets the contract to make that brand name that year. So there's no consistency in barbecue. There's no consistency in parts. 
So it makes it very frustrating down the road when you go, hey, I'm here to buy barbecue. F- I'm here to buy some parts for my X brand. And they go, and, and, and barbecue shops like myself can't follow where they were made and made by who and sold by who. So we literally have to step back and say, I'm sorry, um, those parts aren't available unless you can find them online somehow. Um, but it would be impossible for us to 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 follow the, all of the barbecue manufacturing trends. So look for those brand names that have been associated just with barbecues like Weber and so on. Exactly. That's literally all they've been making. So in the case of Baroking, probably 40, 50 years, and Weber is almost 70 years of making just barbecues. And and so we don't have any we don't have any parts issues. I can I, I watch people come in the store with a 25-year-old uh, Baroking, for example. They're there to pick up a cook grates, a burner, uh, and in four and a half minutes, they're out the door with the parts. And then we watch other people uh, come in with newer barbecues that are an off-brand, and they're frustrated. They leave my store very upset. They leave the, their store upset at me sometimes. <laughs> I didn't sell it to them. I, I didn't. I, I may have had a crack at the business, but I, you know. Yep. So it's frustrating for because two parties leave. We're both upset because I didn't get to make a sale. They didn't get what they needed, and and they're oftentimes upset. Now uh, you've been at this for some time, so you've seen some changes. What are the what are the trends now? Um, well, bigger is bigger is also um, <laughs> better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little yeah. biased, uh, but the tr- but even the trends. So someone goes, you know what? Every once in a while, I have some people over, and I don't want to get caught uh, without not the right amount of barbecue space. And um, so a lot of our trends are seeing barbecues get a little bit bigger, which is nice. Uh, they're also making them deeper. So they don't end up being this long, um, uh, I don't know what, what the right long word is. Long and narrow. Yeah. Long and narrow. But you go, hey, that's taking up too much space. So they're a little deeper now nowadays, which is nice. So uh, I still, so I'm getting some more space without taking up too much more deck space. What about outdoor kitchen now? Um, huge trend for sure. Um, some people like to hire a landscape architect to draw it out, a landscaper to build it. And that's pretty common. Uh, when we see people do it themselves, one of the one of the big challenges and safety uh, things we've been seeing lately is people taking maybe their current barbecue or even a barbecue they see, they lop off the side shelves and they build it into a structure that they built, right? Now, the challenge there is that that, that barbecue, that appliance was never certified to be built in. It, it wasn't certified with such a small amount of air restriction, so um, it may work and it may work just fine and it may look just fine and it may fit the budget. But at some point down the road, something bad could happen and that whole structure could catch on fire. And when your insurance company finds out that your appliance was used in an improper manner, you made a portable appliance a built-in appliance, then you could, you could forfeit your uh, coverage. And that could be a big deal. George, I get the feeling we've just scratched the surface uh, or just barely warmed up the barbecue with this discussion. <laughs> uh, obviously, if people have any questions, they can drop around to the store or give you a call yep. and uh, you'll answer them. Thanks very much for answering our few questions here this morning on Ask BBB. You're very welcome. George Geeson of Porky's Barbecue, Hearth and Spa. When we come back, Ashley Kasselman will walk us through digital spring cleaning. Welcome back to Ask BBB. And we welcome Ashley Castleman, Communications Manager at BBB Western Ontario. Well, spring seems to be in the air, so spring cleaning pops up. In today's world, that means we should look to more than the virtual windows, but to the digital windows as well. 
BBB has prepared tips that are to walk us through a very detailed digital spring cleaning. Ashley, part of what you do is to help spread the word on how important this is. We do more and more business online, and in many ways, our lives are out there for everybody to see online. Uh, we've worked with the National Cybersecurity to develop a timeline and, and a guide to help you clean up your online life so you can feel more secure. So what is our first step? First off, the best thing to do is to make the, the decision to set aside time to do this. In the first week, uh, you're going to want to make sure all your web-connected devices, so that's your uh, laptops, your PCs, uh, mobile phones, smartphones, tablets, are free from malware and infections. You're going to want to make sure all your critical software is up to date, such as any security software, uh, web browsers, document readers, things like that. Uh, You'll also want to clean up your mobile life. Uh, So clean up those um, apps on your phone that you no longer use. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go through the Facebook apps that you have connected. If you haven't used them, uh, just delete them. This is a very thorough process. I know one of the things we emphasize in security in March, we encourage people to look at this with BBB Password Day. But there are other things we should do to help make sure you are secure. Well, building on week one, you can enhance the security of your online accounts. There's quick and easy things you can do that will have long-term safety and security benefits. As we talked about on previous shows, you can turn on your two-step authentication. Uh, Most uh, social media sites and popular email services uh, will have this. Um, You'll just have to go on there looking for it. This will allow anytime you log on to a new device, it's going to text you a code or use a fingerprint so it knows it's really you. Uh, Another thing that many people overlook is secure your router. Make sure it has a strong password and doesn't broadcast who you are through your name, (laughs) such as... Ashley's network (laughs) or one, two, three internet. Um, So as in we talked about passwords in previous weeks, make sure they're strong, use uppercase, lowercase letters, um, symbols, just a variety of things like that, just so people can't hack into that. Uh, And if you lose your password, uh, you can always write it down beforehand to keep it safe, but make sure you don't put it in somewhere that's going to be lost or easily found. Ashley, there are a lot of books, magazine articles, YouTube videos. They're circulating on clearing clutter, getting rid of things that we don't use. Does that apply to the digital world too? Uh, yes, of course it does. Uh, the program we've outlined uh, and is also available on, online says to take a week to purge and protect your files. <laughs> uh, sometimes this might take a little bit longer for some people <laughs> than others. Um, so you're going to want to tend to your digital uh, records, uh, your phones, any device where you store things as long as well as paper files. One thing that many people don't do is clean up your email. Um, I know I'm guilty of this. I have hundreds of emails from years ago that don't apply mm-hmm. anymore. So you can go through your inbox, either delete or archive ones that you don't need anymore. Uh, so just set aside some time to take all of that and – And once we get rid of those apps and emails, we've got more room, uh, clutter's gone. Yes. uh, You can also, when you're going through your email, manage your subscription. So if you're getting a lot of uh, emails for sales and stuff at a place you no longer shop for, (laughs) just unsubscribe to those. Go through those emails and or your junk filter and it'll save – that way you don't have to delete them in the future. So one of the things BBB holds all accredited businesses to is online privacy. 
BBB accredited businesses must have a privacy policy and they must have it displayed on their website. As individuals, we have some responsibility to protect our information and make sure our online reputation is clean as well. Uh, yes, and parents and older kids with social media accounts can take an active role in making sure their reputation is squeaky clean. So you're going to want to basically own your online presence, uh, review your privacy and security settings. Uh, places like Facebook and Twitter have pretty easy instructions of that will guide you along to it. But also look through old photos. If there's something that you don't think should be out there, delete it. <laughs> That's the best thing to do, especially if you're looking for a job or something. This is a great time to clean up that online presence you have. Ashley, there's a lot of information here. Is this available uh, online? Yes. Uh, just go to bbb.org and you'll find it under our news and events. And that's just about all the time we have this week for Ask BBB. Thanks again, Ashley, for these tips. Next week on Ask BBB, the Home and Outdoor Show is coming up. We'll have a preview from Western Fair. Uh, we'll have tips from a junk removal expert just in time for your spring cleaning. And in the meantime, remember, you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at bbb.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. Thanks to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.